This episode was recorded online. There are some sound issues and pieces of missing dialogue for that. I apologize. Kia ora and welcome to this episode of The Amateur Austin Night. I'm Frances Duncan, an author and a founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My returning guest is Elsa, who's joining us all the way from Barcelona. I wanted to ask you how you first came across Jane Austen. She's very famous in Spain. We've been reading Pride and Prejudice since I was uh, in my early teens. She's, she's very, very famous, and everybody, everybody, I mean, ma- many people have read Pride and Prejudice. Then the second novel, which is most um, popular, is um, Sense and Sensibility, also Man- Mansfield Park. So the novels, uh, they belong to our, to our culture, so they belong to our, to our readings. We even quote the, the characters in uh, Pride and Prejudice, for instance, uh, my neighbor or such person. Ah, he's a kind of Mr. Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> to, to describe a young man which is a little bit haughty and arrogant and elegant and more or less handsome. Today we're going to be discussing Letter 11 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen. Letter 11, Mrs. Vernon to Lady de Courcy. I really grow quite uneasy, my dearest mother, about Reginald, from witnessing the very rapid increase of Lady Susan's influence. They are now on terms of the most particular friendship, frequently engaged in long conversations together, and she has contrived by the most artful coquetry to subdue his judgment to her own purposes. It is impossible to see the intimacy between them so very soon established, without some alarm, though I can hardly suppose that Lady Susan's views extend to marriage. I wish you could get Reginald home again under any plausible pretense. He is not at all disposed to leave us, and I have given him as many hints of my father's precarious state of health as common decency will allow me to do in my own house. Her power over him must now be boundless, as she has entirely effaced all his former ill opinion and persuaded him not merely to forget, but to justify her conduct. Mrs. Smith's account of her proceedings at Langford, where he accused her of having made Mr. Mannering and a young man engaged to Miss Mannering distractedly in love with her, which Reginald firmly believed when he came to Churchill, is now he is persuaded only a scandalous invention. He has told me so in a warmth of manner which spoke his regret at having ever believed the contrary himself. How sincerely do I grieve that she ever entered this house? I always looked forward to her coming with uneasiness. But very far was it from originating an anxiety for Reginald. I expected a most disagreeable companion to myself, but could not imagine that my brother would be in the smallest danger of being captivated by a woman with whose principles he was so well acquainted and whose character he so heartily despised. If you can get him away, it will be a good thing. Yours affectionately, Catherine Vernon. Has never liked Lady Susan. From the beginning, yeah, she didn't believe in her character because she didn't pay proper attention to her daughter, because she didn't pay proper attention to the illness of her husband, and so on. So at the beginning, she kind of refused receiving her at Churchill. So it was her brother who pressed his wife, Mrs. Vernon, to receive her. But Lady Susan is, is pressing her company on them. She has left another place where she was invited, and then she wants to stay there for some weeks. Not just for two days, or in those times, the visits were a little bit longer than now, of course. They visit for, for many weeks. But she said, I want to meet your children, because your children are so nice and so sweet. 
but even though Mrs. Vernon didn't like Lady Susan because she hadn't paid proper attention to her child, to Frederica. And now she has a flirt with Reginald, who is much younger than herself, and of course, richer when his father dies. He's going to be in a better position. And apart from that, Mrs. Vernon doesn't like Lady Susan because she's older than her brother and has a bad reputation for having an affair with Mr. Mangwaring. As you were saying, Mrs. Vernon didn't want Lady Susan to come and she was concerned what was going to happen. But she didn't see this coming. She didn't see that Lady Susan was going to seduce her brother. She seems quite surprised by this. She's surprised because she sees, she notices that Reginald is under the influence of Lady Susan. And even though Reginald doesn't believe that Lady Susan had this bad reputation. So Lady Susan has many negative points because she's a widow. She's a recent widow. They don't know when the man died, but I suppose he has died in... I think at this point it's about seven or eight months since her husband died. They wanted to wait for the legal term in order to get married. And the legal term in many countries was nine months. So the time that a woman gave birth to a child of the former husband. In many countries. I don't know the rules in England in those times. That makes so much sense. To make sure that you know whose heir that child is. Mrs. Vernon wants her mother and mother of Reginald to call him with excuse that the father is ill and he needs the support of his son and so on in order to separate Lady Susan from Reginald. Reginald is too much under the influence of Lady Susan. This is what she supposed because Lady Susan was a big flirt, had a great power with men and with society in general. And for Reginald to change is a big thing because... Before he came, he'd heard from Mr. Smith the bad things about her, but now he's justifying her conduct and believing that everything Mr. Smith told him was a scandalous invention. He's already influenced by her. He has a very good opinion of her. This is what Mrs. Vernon fears and doesn't want this influence to go on. This influence could increase because they even are talking about, I can hardly suppose that Lady Susan views extend to marriage because... Well, she thinks that it would be a scandal, she would be the absurd situation. But she fears that even Lady Susan would like to marry him. And this is why she wants them, Reginald to come back to the family house with the excuse that the father is ill. It's surprising how quickly they jump to the idea of marriage because they have a friendship, although it does say they have a particular friendship, and I wonder if that word particular points towards something, and it says they have long conversations together, and there is an intimacy between them, and maybe that's the things, also maybe the term friendship was slightly different then than it is now, and I suppose men and women who were unattached didn't form friendships the same way. Lady Susan had the reputation of having influence on men. And then, of course, this influence go on and on because they have long conversations, they spend a lot of time together. And even though the bad reputation she had, Reginald denies it and thinks that she has uh, very good qualities. Now she grieves that she ever entered this house. She wasn't very convinced in inviting her at the beginning. So she was a little bit against because even Lady Susan said, well, I think you will invite me. 
So she was praising her brother. It would be indeed give me most painful sensations to know that it were not in your power to receive me because his wife was against this visit, against this uh, prolonged visit, especially because they receive other people and one of these people is regional. I think it must be really hard for Mrs. Vernon because she expected that her brother was going to come and they could bitch about Lady Susan together. But now Reginald's abandoned her and is on Lady Susan's side. And it's pretty clear that Mrs. Vernon can't talk to her husband about this because he also can't see the bad in Lady Susan. So she has to write to her mother about it to be able to vent. She cannot get rid of her so easily. Because basically... Lady Susan could move in with them and there wouldn't really be anything they could do about it. It's hard to get a visitor to leave politely. Well, yes, you had to, when you accepted someone, you need a very powerful excuse to get rid of this person. You cannot say go to the airport or invent that you are ill. Well, you, you could invent an illness, but nobody would believe it. So they invent all the, the illness they mention is his father's that he's he's not very precarious state of health so they don't know which pathologies he has but (laughs) since he's a little bit older they can say his state of health is precarious Mm. so it's proper for the son to accompany his father his father i mean they did talk about that a little bit earlier because Mrs. Johnson was telling Lady Susan, Sir Reginald's not very well, so he's probably going to die soon, therefore you should marry Reggie. But, well, on the one hand, they hoped that these people would die soon. But in another letter, they say, he's too old to be agreeable and too young to die. So that people could be... (laughs) Although that's Mr. Johnson... Yes, yes, they could be in precarious state of health, but not dying, because on the other hand, on the, fir- the first letter said, well, my husband's long illness, so that he, they could, this illness could prolong uh, for a certain time. <laughs> so it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. But in this case, if he's a little bit ill, well, it would be proper for him to go and keep him company. I expected not this grievous companion to myself. I could not imagine that my brother, well, could be in the smallest danger of being captivated by a woman with whose principles he was so well acquainted and whose character he had so heartily despised. So that even though he knew about her character, because everybody knew, groups of people and everybody knows each other, these bourgeois, and not bourgeois, they are, let's say, aristocracy or well these rich people this group of rich people there are very very few of them and they know each other very very well because they pay visits to each other they meet at parties they talk with each other so everybody knows everybody controls one another and then he had despised the character of this lady of this woman and even though he's so convinced he's so influenced by her that now he accepts her and even admires her which says a lot about how talented she is. Yes, she's very intelligent, not only beautiful. She's a person with a very high intelligence quote for social relations, perhaps not for other fields. She says at one point that she's not very well educated. But you're very right, she's really got that social know-how. Well, and I suppose that she's not very well off 
because in the first letters they they have hinted that she has received financial help from, from Mr. Vina. So that for for the level for the way of life, she's not well off. She's of slender means. And I think we are supposed to read between the lines to assume that that's kind of her fault because she's a bit extravagant. And she wants to lead a way of life that she has not enough to make to ends meet. And that's our discussion of Letter 11 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen. I'm Frances Duncan. This has been Elsa Juarez. There are links to where you can find us both online in the notes. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!